The Town of Collingwood Judicial Inquiry is underway, and joining us on the line is Council uh, Janet Leeper. Janet, great to have you on the line. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, lots of uh, buzz about this uh, uh, back in the news again because there has been, uh, as we talked about this, this isn't a court case, this is an inquiry, so we, where you don't call them judgments, you call them uh, decisions, I guess, but the the inquiry judge has released a decision on who's going to participate and how the progress of this inquiry is going to move forward. That's right. So the, basically, you've divided it into three parts. Why is this done? We looked at the terms of reference and decided that it would make sense to organize how the inquiry will unfold into three parts. And it's, as you'll see, if you read the, the reasons behind the decision as to who will participate, it's important to say, well, in what parts of it is their interest involved? Because in any inquiry, people will have interests in different stages. So we, we realized it made sense to think about it in three stages, one dealing with the share transaction, the second dealing with the proceeds of the sale and the recreational buildings, and the third, the good governance and policy-based inquiry. And then use that, and you'll see Justice Morocco has used that as sort of how to think about how the inquiry will unfold and who will participate when. All right, and then this was done partly from the information given to you and the the guidance given to you from the town of Collingwood who asked for this judicial inquiry. It started off with the Collingwood Utility Services, and now it seems to also include um, some recreational facilities. Or was that on, from the get-go? Yeah, it was in there from the beginning because uh, there are so many pieces to the terms of reference. Um, one could be forgiven for overlooking the fact that uh, parts, I think it's part seven and eight of the list of issues and, and documents to look at include allocation of the proceeds of the transaction to the construction of the recreational facility, which is a lot of words to say it, it was in there from the beginning. Okay. Um, it was on a list, and so the the decision always will hearken back to what's, what's in those terms of reference and how do we logically uh, sort of put it in chunks for people to understand. Okay. The three uh, segments, you, you know, you talked about the, the sale of uh, of Collis Utility Services to PowerStream. That's part one. Part two is the sale of the recreation vis, uh, facilities. And then part three is sort of a broader concerns. Yes, that's right. In, in any, and I think we talked about this last time. Any mm-hmm. inquiry seeks to help the municipality with future policies, procedures, maybe even recommendations as to laws. We've seen that in the city of Toronto. So so part three is more of a policy-based inquiry, less about what happened and more about what can we learn? Uh, how can we do things better in the future if we determine things could have been done better? And often you will hear from panels of people. It doesn't look like a one person testifying. You may not even hear evidence under oath. You may have people who specialize and have expertise in some of the issues that arise talking about, okay, how do you how do you position the town best and help the town with good governance? So you had opened it up so individuals could, um, if they felt like they should be a part of it, if they felt like they had something to contribute, that they could, but you've narrowed it down to a list of participants who have been granted the right to be able to participate. Uh, was that pretty straightforward? So the process is even outlined in the in the reason in the reasons um, we followed a process again used in other inquiries where you you put out the call we advertised 
anyone who felt they had something to contribute above and beyond uh, the average person who might have an interest was invited to do so. We identified criteria. People provide us um, material in writing. We, we had some back and forth with some of them and then allowed those uh, to come forward and make oral submissions. So it, it, it looks straightforward, and, and I would say it, it was relatively straightforward in this case. Some inquiries here from many, many people. We had a, a more limited group, and um, you will see their names on our website as to who applied and who received standing, and, and these are the reasons for it. Let's talk about some of those folks that uh, have participation rights. Uh, and I guess my question is, could there have been or were there more that didn't get the rights granted? No, you will see um, everyone who requested okay. received uh, participation and one of those who requested requested more limited participation and received it. And that's what I was going to say. Was all of these individuals, did you... Uh, did they say, hey, I would like to participate, essentially, or uh, did you have to call upon any to make them come forward to say, hey, you know what, you need to participate in this? Um, you will see, what we did was we, we reached out to some who we identified early as having what we called presumptive standing, who seemed obvious from the information that we'd received at the beginning, and invited them. And, and But no, we really didn't have to um, push anybody. Um, people were very uh, cooperative and sent in their information. And for those who came forward and made oral submissions, they, they supplemented their written applications. And then that's reflected back in Justice Morocco's reasons where he pulls from those written materials and then embeds them in his reasons to describe the basis. So the public can see, okay, that's why this person is going to be participating and, and this is why they have a, a substantial and direct interest so it, it was it was fairly straightforward, I would say, and focused. So can we just maybe, maybe even just generally what would make it so that, for instance, Paul Bonwick or Ian Chadwick, why would they specifically be granted? Is it just that anyone pretty much who asked in this case got a right to, to have participation rights granted? Well, it wasn't just the fact that they asked. They did have to provide some detail about what, what is your interest, what's your connection to the right. transaction. And so for each of those, you'll see when you go through the reasons, Justice Morocco has grouped them by name. Uh, they're in the reasons in alphabetical order. And so that you can see each one follows a similar format right. where it tells you who the person is. You'll tell them which parts they identified as having an interest, and they'll say why. And then you'll see Justice Morocco's reasons. So just as an example, Electric Utilities Corporation is the first, and that's the successor corporation to PowerStream. Right. And they set out, they went right through the terms of reference, and they set out, here are the subparagraphs that we are interested in, but we don't have an interest in, for example, the, the allocation of the proceeds. They weren't involved right. in that. So any inquiry, you don't, it's, again, like a court case, you, in a court case, everyone who's part of the case can ask questions about ev everything. Right. Inquiry, you don't. You, you get to ask where your perspective and where your interest is engaged. So that was very useful okay. you know, in terms of how to communicate that. And, and then you see the same format for each one. So someone might have participatory rights granted, but they may only deal with part one and or part two. That's right. And, and most of them will not have an interest in part three. Their interest will be engaged right. in the transaction. Part three is very much the town of Collingwood because they called for the inquiry. The town is it's hoping to get the benefit and uh, the help. Um, so that's why part three generally tends to be the municipality. Now, what if in your uh, in your research as you're going through this inquiry, other names come up that didn't come forward 
that clearly you need their information because maybe conversations are pointed towards them. Can they be asked to appear? So, right, there, there are participants who can ask questions, and then there are witnesses. Um, the participants generally are also witnesses, but there will be lots of other witnesses who come forward, and they will have the right to have a lawyer present if they wish to have counsel. They don't have to. Right. Um, and that is also from the reasons. But from time to time, people might, midway through, as the evidence unfolds, request to participate. And those would be dealt with as we move along. And that, that's something that does happen in inquiries. And, and you just, you're ready for that. Uh, you, you understand that my only legal experience is watching TV. So, <laughs> watching Law and Order. Law and Order. So, <laughs> now with participation rights, does that mean that they can cross-examine or question some of the, of the testimony or or information that's coming in that they don't agree with? Well, well, that's right. What you'll see again for each person and party who have been given participation rights, there is a list of the activities that they can undertake which includes being able to have documents in advance that are going to be put before the inquiry. Uh, they will have the opportunity to suggest witnesses that they think should be called. And as you said, yes, the opportunity to cross-examine witnesses on the matters that bear on their interest. They can also make closing submissions at the end um, to the inquiry about uh, what it should do with all of this. What's the next step now, Janet? All right, so the next step we will be gathering documents from all the participants who are required to produce documents. We will be meeting with witnesses as a background matter to start to frame the context and make some decisions about who to re-interview in depth and then decide who would need to be heard from at the public portion of the inquiry. Um, we've already told counsel that we don't anticipate starting before the election on October 22nd. So it would uh, be the earliest that we would begin would be October 29th. There's been a lot of questions raised in regards to the fact that the inquiry is even happening because it is so close to to the upcoming election. Do you hold any weight to those concerns or or does it even impact the inquiry? Well, these things are determined by other factors and we did receive our terms of reference. We began working, and of course, we are sensitive to the context. Um, it, it seems, this is my own observation, it seems that the timing might have worked out well um, because we will be using the time during the election to get up to speed, but we won't be doing anything in public that's substantive until after the election. So it, it seems to me, at least, that that, that can sort of proceed along um, without this as any kind of a distraction while we're, while, while we're prepping up. Um, but we will take the necessary time to be ready, and then when we're ready, try to complete this as quickly and efficiently, but as thoroughly as we can. Now, when the inquiry has its recommendation, when it's all wrapped up and, and you give the outlook of what went on and why and how, can that impact the decisions that the, the, the community made in terms of could elected officials be taken out of their seat because of that? It, taken out of their seat? Like, so if, let's say if, if someone was running for council and they're, they're, they're seen to be involved in the, in the inquiry, can that affect their placement if they were become elected official in a new council? Hmm. That's, that's a tougher question to answer at this stage. 
requires a little bit of uh, speculation. Right. I, I think it would be unlikely, but it would be a, a good question for a municipal lawyer to answer. Okay. Yep. Janet Leeper, thank you so much. Uh, there's still lots to uh, to go on with the Town of Collingwood Judicial Inquiry. We appreciate your updates. And uh, what's the next steps for, for you? And then what's the next steps for the public? So the next steps for us will be to prepare and try to make sure that we're ready to go when, when uh, we think it's the right time. Um, collect documents, as I said, meet with witnesses, meet with the parties. We will keep the public updated once we have anything firm to report by way of the website, and if people are interested, I would invite them to read uh, Justice Morocco's reasons for decision because they, as you say, they give mm. a bit of a roadmap to where we're going. Jen Lieber, thank you so much for your time here on Talk of the Town. Thank you very much.